Hello, everyone. Hey, everyone. So we've had this question asked over the years quite a few times to us. It's very common and people always wonder about it. Many people have this desire in their heart to go into ministry in their life and they wonder, how do I get started? Where do I even begin? And today we want to talk a little bit about that, maybe a little bit of our experiences and some advice. Yes, I remember when I was a child, I had this desire in my heart that I feel, you know, God placed in my heart to go into ministry. I read lots of books about missionaries, famous missionaries that I'm sure many of you have heard of as well. Amy Carmichael, who went to India, David Livingston, who went to Africa, Mary Slusser, uh, George Mueller, who started an orphanage. And these books inspired me and just created that fire with my heart that I wanted to go into ministry and become a missionary myself. But there was a little bit of a misunderstanding on my part as a child and a teen. I thought to be a preacher of the gospel or to be a missionary, you had to go to China, you had to go to Africa, or you had to go across the water over the seas to some far distant land to preach the gospel. Because that's all I had read and that's all I saw modeled by those around me. Or at least so I thought. The pastor, to be a preacher of the gospel, you had to go to seminary school and, and get that degree. There's nothing wrong with that, of course, but that was the only way I saw preaching the gospel in my realm of influence. But I had missed something. As a child, I remember going to stores with my mom and getting bored as she, for the umpteenth time, would find someone to talk to for an hour, two hours. And as a child, I just wanted to go home. But in that moment, my mom was preaching the gospel to some stranger that she had met. That was an example of being in ministry that I didn't see because it wasn't the grand idea I had in my head of going across the ocean to China or to Africa. But still, that fire was in my heart. I still wanted to go into ministry in the idea of what I saw ministry as. So I remember as a young teen, I was thinking, okay, I would like to start a ministry. I love the scripture. I love the word of God. I want to tell other people about it. So what should I do first? And my first thought was, uh, kind of ashamed to admit, was thinking of a good name for the ministry and thinking of a good logo and what the logo should look like. Uh, <laughs> but that, of course, is not the first place you should begin if you desire to start a ministry. Yeah, you know, I think oftentimes, and it's not just with this, but many things in life, we're, we're more concerned as people with the, the instrument than the actual what's most important thing behind it. And, and what I just mean by that is, um, you know, like Christina just mentioned, you know, the the name or the website or the method. Maybe it's the method is going to China and that's how I get to be a minister or a missionary um, or, you know, whatever kind of instrument. That is what we sometimes so get so focused on. What what camera I've often been asked the question, you know, there's nothing wrong with the question per se, but you know, what camera equipment do I need to get or, or what, you know, whatever. And it reminds me of a friend, right? I have a friend who, uh, you know, he, we, as people, we get into hobbies and he, he's really like, he loves his hobbies and he would get into a hobby and he would be so f excited about this new hobby. He would get the best, you know, if it was golf, he'd get the best golf 
clubs, he would get the best shoes, he would get the best ball and whatever else you need to be a good golfer in his mind. And then he would start doing that for a month with his new grand equipment, instruments. Um, and then after a month, you know, he realizes it's not really that much really for him. And now he's he's got the best of the best, but you know, he is not himself the best. And that's really what I want to get at is we should be careful to become very uh, obsessed or very focused on the instruments and the ways and the, the little technical nitty gritty details about this thing, say, called ministry. And we should become more focused on what's actually the thing that matters. At the end of the day, if you have the things that do matter, which we're about to discuss here, that would make your ministry even more powerful than having all the little nitty gritty technical details in line for whatever it is you want to do. You know, I, I remember, um, you know, I was speaking to Christina about this. And uh, when I look back on my life, right, and as I see how God was preparing me, I, I didn't have this grand idea of, oh, I want to go into ministry one day, even though there's nothing wrong with that. That was just not what I envisioned. And, you know, I but I started getting a fiery passion for God's word. And I was going to a lot of Bible studies. And I was going to a lot of things. I was increasing my prayer life. But it wasn't like, okay, I'm, I'm going to all these Bible studies because, you know, one day I'm going to become a minister of the gospel. That's what I'm what I'm going to do. Like, it, it wasn't like that, because if it was, then I would be simply learning in order to teach instead of learning in order to get myself edified and built up in the word, because it's from that place that you can teach most effectively. You know, you don't want to just be learning to teach. You want to be learning to have your character changed so that you can then portray that and then ultimately teach that to the world and show them so that they can be more like Yeshua. Right. Because scripture is not just about gaining information so that you can spit it back out again, even if it's really good information. It's about transformation. And that starts with you, your own life. You going to the Father and say, Father, change me, change my heart, cleanse me. I want to look more like you, like your son. What we really need to do is get to the bottom of what is ministry. And first, you know, as we've discussed, you know, ministry is not about these things. And, you know, you don't even have to have a camera. You don't even have to have a website. You don't even have to have a, a grand name or I don't know what else there is, right? Ministry for each person is going to look different. But in the, at the same time, it's going to look the same in that what is most important remains most important. Like in the case of my mom, she doesn't have a website. She doesn't have a title and a degree and a ministry degree. She doesn't have any of that, but she's still doing ministry. When she goes to the store, she goes to wherever she goes and she sees someone that the father places on her heart, go speak to that person, go encourage them in the Lord, go witness to them or pray for them or however. So each one of us in our own spheres of influence, we have this idea that to go into ministry, you need all, you have to check all these boxes because so-and-so and that other teacher and this preacher that you follow, they all have that, so you must as well. But we often look at the end point of where someone is in their journey, and we don't realize there was a lot of beginning steps that even got them to that place. And we also need to follow those beginning steps, which begins simply mm -hmm. with our relationship with God and starting with the small things.
So step one of going into ministry, like I just mentioned, it is first, get your relationship with God right. Study his word, just abide in him, dwell in his presence, speak to him daily, have that intimate prayer life, not just a monologue where you're speaking, but a dialogue where you're listening and you're being silent to hear his voice and to know and recognize his voice as well. Worship him, spend time in prayer and worship because as the scripture says, worship is warfare. As you are doing these things and you're spending that time, that relational relationship time with him, you are being filled. And it's only when you are full mm. that you can go fill others. Only if you have water within your cup can you pour that water into others. That's what Yeshua said when he said we are to be fountains overflowing with living water. But if we ourselves are dry because we're not feeding ourselves, right, with the word of life, with his Holy Spirit, if we're not doing these things, we're dry and we have nothing to give to others except for our own thoughts, our own opinions. But we need his word, his voice speaking through us, not us, not our flesh. We need him. And the only way we can do that is having that intimate relationship and putting that first. And getting that in your life, you need to make sure that your motive in seeking God and prayer and studying, etc., is not to get something out of it. It's not the secret ingredient to your new ministry career or something. This is about your life. This is about your soul that is going to be blessed by this. And then ultimately we do we would want others to then be blessed by what we've been blessed by the salvation for all of us. But make sure that your motive is not starting in this thing that you want to begin for yourself, this new kingdom you want to build for yourself of some sort. We have when it comes to building his kingdom, it is especially important that we make sure we're not in the midst of it trying to build ours. And if you have aspirations to become something like a teacher or of some sort, then I would first say to be very careful, be very afraid of some idea like that and really approach that idea in great fear and trembling. Um, it's not a light thing. It's the most dangerous job on earth. It's more dangerous than being a firefighter or a policeman in the worst right you can find. You know, it's because your soul is at stake. Teachers will be judged more strictly is what the word said. And you will be judged more strictly when you stand before him. And you will have blood on your hands if you did not handle his word with care. And so uh, I would really want to ask you if you're considering anything more than just, you know, any kind of teacher role. Uh, to be careful about that and really pray and fast and really seek what the timing is, if it's God's will and whether it is God's will to begin with. Step two, what I would want to bring up to you is that um, seek the spiritual gifts. We don't want to just have the knowledge. We don't want to just have the, uh, all the other you know things in our head, but we want to know I'm being led by the spirit and I have my spiritual gifts revealed to me so that I can manifest and use those spiritual gifts in my ministry. Because if you don't, you're going to have you can have a ministry and you can do great things and let God do great things and through you. 
But at the end of the day, you must be able to be led by the spirit the way that Yeshua was to have the greatest impact because he had words of knowledge. He had the gift of healing. He had words of wisdom. He had, you know, all the the gift of discernment, all these spiritual gifts, as Paul laid out for us, he was exercising in his life. And what I see so often is ministers and people in ministry trying to do ministry and they're doing a good job, except that they're struggling where they don't have the Holy Spirit's spiritual gift working in their life because they just don't know about it. They don't seek it. They're afraid of it. They have a bad impression or of whatever sort. And this really keeps us back from ministry and really in a big way. And it keeps us keeps doors closed to us that would have otherwise been opened. You'd be able to reach the hearts of people in ways that you would never be able to do um, unless you are operating in the spiritual gifts that God has given us. Right. So our next uh, step that we want to go through is don't despise small beginnings. Yes. When we again, like I mentioned earlier, we see where someone is and they've been maybe a minister of the word and in a form of like a teacher or a pastor or, or a preacher, we see where they are now. And they may have been on that walk for the last 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And so our initial thought is I want to get to where they are right now because that's what we see. But mm-hmm. like PD said, do not despise the small beginnings of where they had to start as well, where God eventually did in their path, lead them to where they are. Mm. But everyone's path looks different. Again, I come back to my mom. She's not a preacher on a stage, but that's where God has her. And she is influencing people in her spheres of influence that others might not ever be able to reach because she's going to the store, she's going to the shopping marts. She's able to speak to mothers with children and reach these people that otherwise might be unreachable. Everyone's, you can say, sphere of ministry will look different. So don't despise a beginning or even the path that God has laid out for you that looks mm-hmm. different than someone else. Yes, it's a really good example. And the next step is to make sure that you get comfortable praying for others. You know, no matter what your ministry is going to look like, like Christina mentioned, one thing that's going to be universally valuable for us is if we get comfortable praying for others. And, and, you know, I remember, you know, in my own life, there was a time when be when, when I was in a circle of people and, you know, and I was going to have to pray or or something like that. You know, there was this fear that I had I mean, because I didn't grow up that way. I didn't grow up that, you know, oh, I'm just going to you just pray. And it's just this, you know, but at the same time, I had to overcome that fear because if I if I'm always going to be afraid of praying, I mean, just imagine Yeshua's ministry and him never praying for anyone like just in public or or making any public prayer of any sort. Like imagine how limited that would be at the end of the day. We have to ask. I know it can be hard, but we have to ask ourselves the question is how dead am I to myself and is that maybe why I'm struggling to pray for others? Because I'm really caring about what they think of me and and how how smoothly these words are going to flow from my mouth. You know, is that as if that's important, right? And as if what people think of us is important. Of course, it's not. But yet we we think it is. 
And we have to be careful. We have to remember what is most important is reaching someone's heart with the Father's um, Holy Spirit, which moves, mm-hmm. who moves, and He moves powerfully when we pray, when we trust Him, when we believe for Him to move when we pray. And again, it's not about results. It's simply we pray because He told mm-hmm. us to. Mm-hmm. The results are left up to Him, but we obey, we walk forward in faith, and we pray. I remember. Uh, a few years back when I first started really actually studying the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit because in my growing up, my life, I, I wasn't very familiar with the gifts of the Holy Spirit at all. It wasn't taught to me where I grew up. The Holy Spirit was sort of this, this my, my conscience, and that was about where it stopped um, simply because it wasn't talked about. Um, but I remember actually when I met Petey and I read his book, um, shameless plug there, um, that God really started speaking to my heart and revealing the beauty and the power of walking in the Holy Spirit and the fullness, the, the fruit of it, the gifts of it. And I had this passion in my heart that I wanted this in my life and I needed to see this in my life. I wasn't going out and praying for people. I had that fear of man of what will they say? What will they think? But in that time, I realized, you know what? I need to, like PD said, I needed to die to myself, die to my flesh. And I remember the moment when I, my family was away, I was living with my family, and they had gone to the store or something like that. So what I did is I turned the worship music on, um, and I just went down on the floor, lay prostrate, and I just lay there for a while as the worship music played. And then as the worship music continued to play, I just began praying. Praying at first quietly, then out loud. Praying for anything that came to my mind, for family members, for friends, for strangers, for countries, for persecuted believers around the world, for governments. And as I began praying, I have no idea how long I was there on the grounds, but my voice became louder and more bold. And even as I did so, the words began to change into words I didn't recognize. And that was my first experience of speaking in tongues. And it was the most beautiful, most life-changing experience I've ever had because it was not my words. And I knew that it was like water flowing through a pipe. It was flowing through me and out of me. And from that moment, I had this fire that I'm gonna go speak to anyone. I want to obey his his word to go to pray for someone when he says to pray and not be too shy or afraid. And I remember right after then, uh, when I went to work the next day, um, I had a bit of a headache and I was sitting at my, my desk feeling kind of just tired and I wanted to go home, but then, I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, Christina, go out to the hallway. Okay, well, taking a break from my desk for a moment would be nice. So I went out and went to the hallway and I, um, when I went out to the hallway, I saw a lady step out from the restroom and I saw her kind of massage her temple as she was about to pass me by. And I felt that prick in my spirit. Christina, ask her if you can pray for her. And so I had to step out of my comfort zone in that moment and say, hey, hey, can I, can I pray for you? You know, how are you? And um, nice to meet you. you know, can I pray for you? You know, she looks at me surprised. Then she's like, yeah, that, that would be great. I have this horrible sinus headache and it's really, really bad. And it's hard for me to work right now. And she was really struggling. So I prayed with her and for her. And I wasn't really thinking about what I was doing. I just did it. <laughs> Because I knew if I thought about it too much, I would bag out and I'd be back at my desk. But when I prayed over her, it was as much shocking to me as it was to her that she instantly got healed 
And again, this is not about me. This was not me. It was God. But it was in that moment of simply stepping out. And like Petey was saying, stepping out in faith, obeying mm -hmm. his word, praying, and not just saying, I'll pray for you and going back to the desk, mm -hmm. but actually praying in that moment. And God did something amazing. And she went, she was so funny, went telling everyone around that, oh my goodness, I got healed, you know, glory to God. Such a beautiful story. But this is simply to testify that God desires for us to walk in the fruits and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that is part of how we preach the gospel. That is how we share the beauty of him and his word Amen. and his son. Yeah, that's amazing and awesome. And, you know, I think one thing that we can start picking up at this point is that it's way more simple than we'd like to admit. Um, simple, not always easy, but simple. And sometimes it's really tempting to get um, pulled into all the more complicated and interesting and the technical things about how to do ministry, but it's the simple things that matter. And, and one another simple thing, and this is one of the next steps I wanna bring to you is to simply share your testimony. Share what God has done in your life. You know that you and me and Christina, we all have a, a reason about why we are calling ourselves disciples of Yeshua. Why do you follow him? Like what's up with that? Well, what happened to your life and what did he do to your life to cause you to get this passion for him in the first place? That very piece of information, that story of yours is one of the most powerful, if not the most powerful tool in your arsenal that you can talk about with anyone. And, you know, the, the great thing about your testimony is that it doesn't have to be this thing that you, you know, sometimes people, um, they think of, of witnessing as something that looks scary because I need to come and push my beliefs on someone else. Or have to have all the answers. And what if they ask me this hard question? What if they ask me that hard question? Right. What do I say? And then we get too afraid and we never speak at all. Yeah, right. Exactly. And But this is one thing that you can just have a conversation. You can just talk to someone about, tell me about yourself. They tell you their stories. And you tell your stories to them. And your stories are all going to include God. Because He is now your story. He is a big part of it. And so this is such an easy way to just share and and from that person's perspective if they're not a believer it's an innocent way of sharing they don't feel like you you know you can share in a way where they don't feel like you're trying to do something here like you've got strings attached of some sort like they're gonna need to pray some prayer sometime soon here or you know it doesn't have to be that way you just want to plant a seed you just want to share so that they can go home that night thinking why does that guy or girl have their life looks so in order differently. They know where they're going. They know their way they've come from. And it just what's up with that? Why can't my life be that way? You just want someone to have the seats in their heart of that because that's what later blossoms with great fruit. And that's key what PD just said. What is a testimony? What does that look like? It's the story of where you were before you met God, where you are now that you have met the Father, have met Yeshua. And also the identity that you know you have in him as a new creation and his plan and purpose for your life, which does not stop with you, but spreads to everyone else, even including the person you're talking to. Right. So, guys, I really hope that these points have blessed you. As you can hear, it's 
It's simple. Um, so I encourage you to seek these points, these things that matter most. And in it, you will find freedom for yourself. And ultimately, you'll be able to become that minister of freedom that Yeshua called you to be for those around you. So step, the last step we want you to remember, if you don't remember anything else from this, is simply mm. love like Yeshua loves. Love the least, love the forgotten, love the overlooked. Don't despise small beginnings. Be bold and step out in faith. Amen. So thank you guys. May God bless you. Keep you. May Sean's face upon you. Lift up his counts upon you. Give you shalom and blessing. And we will see you guys in the next video soon. Shalom. shalom.